1997, Nicole Bederson was reported missing. She hadn't been heard from in almost 20 years, and the two people who last saw her took their secrets to the grave. But the hope is with the right tip, this case can be closed. I'm Charlie, and welcome to Crime Lines. Welcome to day seven of the 12 Days of Crime Lines, where I do daily mini episodes as a holiday gift to my listeners. I do want to give a full disclosure that I did cover this case a couple of years ago on my live streams that I used to do, so I am plagiarizing myself, basically. But when I covered the disappearance of Michelle Pulsifer back in September, it did remind me so much of this case, and being that it's unsolved, it never hurts to boost the signal. Nicole Betterson was born in Michigan to 21-year-old Susan Klingel and 28-year-old Jarrett Betterson. The two weren't married, but they had been together for a couple of years. When Nicole was two years old, the family was driving on Labor Day weekend, early September 1977. Jarrett was behind the wheel when he lost control and the car went off the road, rolling over multiple times. Nicole, who was in the back seat, was uninjured. But Susan, who was not wearing a seat belt, was thrown from the car. She died from her injuries at just 23 years old. There was suspicion by the responding officers that Jarrett was driving under the influence as marijuana was found in the wrecked car. It initially looked like he may be charged with something, possibly even vehicular homicide, but in the end, there just wasn't enough evidence. According to the LA Times, the investigation into this rollover was, quote, sloppy, and that contributed to the inability to charge Jarrett. And within a couple of months, the newly single father was in a new relationship with a woman named Barbara Sadler. By Christmas time, just three months after Susan's death, Jarrett, Barbara, and Nicole were all living together in Dearborn, Michigan, planning to move west. Susan's parents, Bill and Mary, really wanted a relationship with their granddaughter, particularly as they were mourning the loss of their daughter. But Jarrett and Susan's parents didn't get along before her death and certainly not afterwards. Bill and Mary thought Jarrett was a bad influence on Susan, introducing her to drugs. But Jarrett thought their issue with him was more about race. He was black and Susan was white. Before Jarrett and Barbara moved west, they let Bill and Mary have one last visit with two-year-old Nicole. Barbara promised them she would be a good mother to Nicole, and then they left. They didn't tell the Klingles exactly where they were going, just that they were going out west. After this visit at Christmas 1977, the couple never heard from Jarrett again. What Bill and Mary Klingle didn't know was that Jarrett and Barbara's families also didn't hear from them after their move. So fast forward 20 years to 1997. Nicole would be an adult at this point, so contact with her mother's family wouldn't be up to Jarrett. It would be Nicole's choice. 
So Bill and Mary hired a private investigator to find her and establish contact. And almost exactly like the Michelle Pulsifer case, they assumed it wouldn't take long to find her. The use of computer databases in the 20 years since they left Michigan had exploded. The PI learned that Jared and Barbara had told some friends that they were going to California, but told most of them that their destination was Las Vegas. So that's where she started. And as expected, she very quickly found Jared and Barbara Betterson living together in Las Vegas. At the time, Jarrett was 49 and Barbara was 50, and they were both in poor health. They were living in poverty on the outskirts of the city. That much the PI learned pretty much right away. But when she looked for information pertaining to Nicole specifically, she found nothing, absolutely nothing. Nicole wasn't currently living with them, nor was there any sign she ever had. Not the smallest crumb of evidence of Nicole showed up after they left Michigan. The PI and Nicole's grandparents reached out to the Las Vegas police to see if they could find anything. They did a quick record search and also found nothing. Nicole had never been the subject of an arrest, a court case, an adoption, a CPS investigation. She didn't have a driver's license, and she appeared to have no address. She hadn't attended school in the area or held down a job. All they had was that her social security survivor's check was cashed every single month until Nicole turned 18. For those not in the U.S. or don't know how survivor's benefits work, if a minor child's parent dies, they get a check from the government paying out their deceased parent's social security benefit. It's meant to help support the child month to month. So there's no requirement to put it in savings or anything like that. It's like child support. It's spent at the full discretion of whoever has custody of the child. And Jarrett Betterson accepted and spent that check every single month for 16 years. And it's not like this was direct deposited into his account. He had to go to the post office to pick up the check, which he faithfully did. Aside from that, from what could be ascertained, no one outside of Jarrett and Barbara had seen Nicole since January 5th, 1978. Now that's not to say Nicole went missing on that day exactly, or even that she went missing between Michigan and Las Vegas. Nicole was just two, so she wouldn't have had much of a paper trail in 1978. She would have been enrolled in school in around 1980 or 81. So it is possible she made it to Las Vegas with her father and then went missing in the years before she would be expected to be enrolled in school. With not finding any evidence of Nicole, this turned into a missing persons case. And this 20-year-old missing persons case dropped on the desk of Las Vegas detective Jeff Roskin. And he went out to speak with Jarrett and Barbara in November 1997. Figuring he had one chance to catch them off guard, Roskin decided not to ask them what happened. He went and told them that he knew what happened to Nicole and it would be better for them if they talked voluntarily. If not voluntarily, they would be dragged in front of the grand jury. 
It was up to Jarrett how he wanted this to go. Of course, the police had nothing. They just thought if Jarrett knew that, he would stay quiet and nothing would ever be resolved. Jarrett told him he would get in touch with him about it later that week. Four days after Detective Rosgen's first visit, Jarrett called him and said he was going to cooperate because Nicole, she was alive and well, but he needed some time to organize a meeting with Nicole to prove it. About a week and a half after saying he was in the process of arranging this meeting, Jarrett called again and said he needed more time. Detective Rosgen gave him a little bit more time, but after not hearing back from Jarrett about this meeting with the alive and well Nicole, Detective Rosgen called him again, but got no answer. The Bettersons then didn't pay their rent in December, and they ignored the eviction notice posted to their front door. So in late December, the apartment manager entered their place, and that's when he found Jarrett and Barbara dead. Barbara had been shot twice in the heart with a 22 caliber rifle. She was lying on the bed holding a Bible, a cross, and a rose. So while it seemed very clear she did not shoot herself, she appeared to have willingly laid there while someone else shot her. In the bedroom next to where Barbara was found, Jarrett was found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. A note was left on the fridge asking the apartment manager to forgive them for leaving behind a mess. And if there was any doubt that this was a double suicide rather than a murder-suicide, that was erased by a letter Joni Betterson, Jarrett's mother, received. She hadn't heard from Jarrett in 20 years. It's not clear exactly when she received the letter, but it was after the police had gone to Jarrett's apartment asking about Nicole. The letter was not from Jarrett, though it was from Barbara. The letter basically said that Jarrett was about to go to jail and Barbara didn't want to live without him. She said she was sorry about so many things and that they had a sad and difficult life, which was true. Jarrett had mobility issues following an accident and used a wheelchair. Barbara was plagued with chronic health problems of her own. Barbara wrote that they hoped their troubles would never affect their families, so they kept to themselves. She asked forgiveness for all the wounds they had put in their families' hearts with their tragic and youthful blunders. If hurting Nicole was one of those tragic and youthful blunders, we don't know because nowhere in the letter was Nicole referenced directly. In the letter sent to Jared's mother was a $900 money order, which was pretty much all of the money they had, and it was to pay for their cremations. Barbara asked that their ashes be put in the same urn. A search of their apartment turned up no signs of Nicole or what happened to her. They didn't even have a single picture of her in the apartment, so that was no help in building out the timeline of when she actually went missing. Jarrett had promised that Nicole was alive and well and he could arrange a meeting, giving the hope that maybe Nicole was out there. 
Maybe he gave her to someone to raise in some unofficial adoption. And he was trying to get into contact to prove to the authorities that he hadn't killed her. He would still go to jail, though, for cashing and spending the Social Security checks for a child he didn't have custody of. So maybe that's what Barbara meant by he was going to jail. Or maybe Jarrett couldn't get in contact with Nicole or her adoptive family and worried he was going to be blamed for killing her. Or is this what everyone fears happened? Nicole had been killed and her body hidden somewhere between Michigan and Las Vegas. While it is possible Nicole is out there, the police do believe it is likely she was killed shortly after they left Michigan. That's why the couple never contacted their family again. They had no explanation for their missing child. The least they could have done is let their families know what had happened to Nicole, but instead they spent their last letter feeling sorry for themselves. If alive today, Nicole Betterson would be in her mid-40s. If you know anything, you can call the Las Vegas police at 702-229-3111. The number will be in the show notes. 